Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. I wanted to start this episode by acknowledging where we find ourselves. Acknowledging how our trans pals in the pub might be feeling. So I wrote something and it was angry and pointed, but it was sharp and it might end up hurting those I didn't intend it to hurt. So then I wrote something that was a bit kinder and softer and invited us to unpack it. But with that comes the responsibility that a podcast can't and probably shouldn't try to hold. And importantly, now might not be that moment. What might be needed now is some of the usual. A kind hello, some softness, a bit of joy, a few laughs, and the knowledge that in this place you are welcome, needed, and will be, we hope, well-fed and watered. Hello darlings, welcome back to your usual 30 minutes of salty goodness. I'm Scotty, those you can't hear are the ATT crew, and what's about to happen is my voice mailbox is going to be emptied, and hopefully, after producer Deb gives it a bit of a wash, you'll be left with something a bit delightful, and ready for the next ride on life's roller coaster. This time at the altar of weirdos, vinegar, drag names and transphobia. We're going to be talking a little bit about transphobia just coming up just before the mid-trail. So if that feels a bit squidgy today, listen out for it and um, maybe join us a few minutes later. Now, you know, people actually, (laughs) they always ask me when you say, oh yeah, I have a podcast, they're always like, what's it about? (laughs) And I always tend to say like, I think it's about those of us who don't fit in and we come together to talk about our brains, our belly and our bums. <laughs> but maybe you think very differently and we'd really love to hear how you would describe ATT or how you do describe ATT. So jump on the Twitter at After the Tone P-O-D and send us your suggestions because I'd love to read a few out. Actually, sorry, I'm just looking over my shoulder because literally a pigeon, <laughs> it's an omen, a pigeon has just appeared out of my window. <laughs> 
They know. They know. They know the stories we've been telling. Anyway, right. Shall we get on with this? Because, well, who knows? I might be eaten by pigeons. Hello. Um, I just wanted to send some solidarity to the vinegar lover from St. Helens. Um, when I was little, I used to try and get people to dare me to drink vinegar as an attempt to look impressive, but just because I also loved drinking vinegar. Not specifically pickled onion vinegar, any vinegar would do. But I think it's the best condiment. What you can hear is dead air, because that was full of some very big claims. One, this person definitely grew up in the north of England, because if you're daring each other to drink vinegar, I mean, come on. That would only happen in the north of England, because I tell you why, because they had no fucking pastimes. Once they shut the mines, <laughs> there was nothing to do. <laughs> they couldn't play with a lump of coal anymore, so they were like, get the vinegar out, Gene. <laughs> I've got to challenge you on this. Vinegar is the best condiment. Please. Vinegar is the best condiment. In which fucking world? Excuse me, how? First off, Salt. Just going to salt bay that there for you, okay? That's me salt baying it. That's me salt baying it. Okay, you can't see it because it's the radio. It's not even a radio, it's a podcast. But that's how annoyed I am. Mayonnaise, okay? Hiya, Scotty. Love, it's that JRF here. Hello, love, how are you? Hiya, Tim, Cat and Maya. And hello, producer Deb. Ah, oh, JRF drag con, imagine. Any road in... This there Scotland, an insult to someone if you live on a scheme is to shout, I'm going to come around there and Tanya Wendy's. And there is a drag queen uh, called Tanya Wendy's, which makes me very happy. Tanya Wendy's means just basically to cave your windows in. Also, another one that I love is everyone's favourite uh, gem retailer, Miss Rose Quartz, who I met at Hebrew school. <laughs> but any road, um, dissociation, lol, plot twist. So I've had the great misfortune to be homeless twice in my life and I've had to live in homeless hostels. And I remember going into the homeless hostel uh, with my little travel bag after I put everything into the storage. And I was just like, what would my grandma do? (laughs) Because I just didn't know what I was just absolutely flummoxed. I was in this tiny room and it was filthy and it was horrible. And I just remember like scrubbing everything down i just had to keep going um oh look at you with joe lycett i forget you're proper famous i just think oh you know it's scotty but you're like you are proper famous and you've got famous friends and that's dead exciting full circle the lassie from saint helens who loves a bit of pickled onion juice um i'm gonna say something controversial yet brave i'm a big fan of sauerkraut It's good for what ails you. It keeps you regular and um, helps with your digestion. Do you know what I love doing? Once I've emptied that jar of that pickled cabbage, I tan that fucking water and it's delicious. And that stuff, yeah, that could strip furniture polish. But sometimes it can cut through you and the shit's flying off you like a goose shit off a shovel. But yeah, that's that. But how exciting! How exciting about that there, London. I hope to be there with you on Good Friday. More ATT lives, please. All right. Love and light. God bless. And uh, yeah, big love from that JRF. All right. Bye. 
Good evening, Deborah. Now, I feel I sauerkraut, I think, is in a different realm because it's, I mean, it feels like um, delicious. One, not to say that a pickled onion isn't delicious, but it feels, I don't know, it feels more artisan, doesn't it? So, I could get more on board with the sauerkraut if we were going to put them in a tally league table. I would say I could be swayed by sauerkraut. <laughs> I've said that before. Now, um, this to do with being homeless. Now, technically on paper, me and him indoors were homeless for about three or four years and we lived in a cupboard, actually. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making light of it. When I think back at what it was, it was quite intense and quite a difficult time for us both. But yeah, we lived in a little cupboard above a nightclub that was infested with mice. I mean, in the same room you would cook, eat and the rest of it. (laughs) It was so tiny. It was such a tiny cupboard. But we were so grateful for it because it was all we had. And um, my God, yeah, we would do anything possible to try and get around having to pay the rent (laughs) on it. Having to pay the rent on it. So people would come for the rent and be like, oh no, I took it to the office. <laughs> don't know if I should be saying this, admitting this live. Um, you know, just do anything. Just because we just didn't have the cash. And we were just trying to survive. And then, God love it, I got my council bed set after that. And then, you know, she was rolling. And look at her now! Friends with Joe Lysett! <laughs> That's the usual trajectory. So, yeah, she's coming on the show. Listen, none of you act all... Because, look, I'm introducing one of my famous friends to the room. Don't you start fucking showing me up, any of yous, all right? Because if you start coming in here talking about the last time you shat yourself to mummy, can you imagine my face? I'm going to be absolutely fucking mortified. It's Zach from Manchester. Um, I am calling up about the drag names. So I have a few that I was thinking of a while ago. So you know, like, drag houses have, like, a house. So I was thinking, what if they had a kitchen? And so I have the kitchen of Sue's, right? So you've got Sue Chef, who is the head of the kitchen, Sue Vide, Sue Flay, and then you've got the twins, Sue Panna Sandwich and Sue Panna Salad. And also, while we're on names... My full name is Zachar Yor, which some people find very difficult to say. Growing up, people found it very, very hard. To the extent that my dad and my uncle used to take the piss out of me for my... <laughs> for the name they chose to give me, they would take... Well, my dad chose to give me. They would take the piss out of me. Um, and also, my parents decided not to spell it in any any normal way. My mom, for each of the kids, would sit and just write names how she thought they looked best. So none of us have names that you could ever find on, like, you know, you go on holiday and you'd find them on a, like, a key ring or a bracelet or something, and ours were never there. So I got sick of them taking the piss out of my name. And so as a um, seven-year-old child, I renamed myself Peter Smith. And, <laughs> and my entire family, still to this day, take the piss out of the fact that I renamed myself Peter Smith. Zachary R. I hope I've said that correct. Zachary Orr, welcome to the room. What a name! What a show! Do you know what? If only child version of you knew there was going to be a thing called Google in which you become the most Google-ish person. Maybe your mum knew. Maybe your mum is mum Google. (laughs) Zachary Orr, I think you're a first-time caller. First-time caller badge hitting its way to you. In the Manchester food as well, so you're already over the way. Although, when you say you're from Manchester, you definitely sound like you're from one of the suburbs. (laughs) 
<laughs> I've turned into that witch. <laughs> I've turned into that. She sounds a bit press witch, actually. <laughs> she sounds like she's from one of the five adjoining boroughs. <laughs> Zachary Ariora, Paul Smith, Peter Smith. I can't remember what you said. It was quite dull. Um, <laughs> 10 points for the drag names of all Sues. I'm trying to think if I know any more drag names that begin with Sue. Sue me. <laughs> Sue. <laughs> this is how unfun this game is. Because do you know what? I'm just going to take it to the internet. Can you hear the police in the background? They're concerned. Best drag names. Nor a man, nor a woman. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> I was like, no, don't get that one. So, Zach, even though I know it must have been frustrating going on holiday, trying to find your key ring, I mean, you haven't missed out on much, do you know what I mean? Because you've now got a name that's Googleable. You probably can have your own at whatever on any of those internet things that you like. I think parents that choose their names for their children phonetically, I think they're great. I was talking about this in the car with the NHS one the other day. I was like, I really love, I mean, you don't hear names like this anymore. Dwayne, D-W-A-I-N-E. Oh, well, there was about four Dwaynes in my class and they all spelt the name differently. So, yeah, I'm going to go with this. I mean, I've forgotten your name. <laughs> your name is so unique. Zach, um, that I can't actually remember it. So I go with Paul Smith, actually. I've come full circle. You should have gone back to Paul Smith. Hi, Sky. It's Marilyn, Fat Brittany. Normally I have something on the show that's really ribald or filthy or embarrassing or hilarious, but I haven't really got that. And I'm not quite sure why this is the platform I want to share it on, but I think it's our little bit of group therapy and I think it's our little warm moment. Um, I think everyone, by the time they listen to this, will know about that girl, a poor trans girl in Warrington, Brianna, who's murdered. And um, it's just made me, like, think about a lot of things. It's made me think a lot about the casual cruelty of this world. It's made me think about how how we're letting down our youth. And it's just kind of made me just want to kind of talk about it. So I, I apologise to the pub for bringing the tone down on what is definitely going to be a hilarious, filthy episode. But... It's just playing on my mind so much. Warrington's really close to where I live. Um, where I live, there's been, like, constant, constant transphobic street harassment, and I'm, like, a grown woman. I can't imagine what it's like if you're a young person. And I guess I kind of just wanted to ask the pub who aren't trans, the patrons of the pub who aren't trans, what exactly are you doing to make this world safer? What are you doing to make this, like, a world where... 16 year old girls who are trans don't get murdered and can grow up to be happy grown women i also just like wanted to just say because i know lots of people are hurting that i love all my trans siblings and especially like trans youth your everyday existence is rebellious and radical but it's okay to be angry and it's okay to grieve we are a group of people who have to grieve so much and i know it's exhausting i I just wanted to just say that really i'll try and think of an embarrassing sex story or maybe shit myself in public for the next episode so i've got something funny to talk about but um i just wanted to just say that love to you producer deb everybody else and big hugs all around Hi, Gorgie. Um, hello, Fat Brittany. Hello, Marilyn. Lovely to have you in the room. And listen, just to put out there, we're always here for the light and the shade. 
you know, we're, we're here for life's roller coaster, babe, you know, and sometimes we just need to take a little slower moment and ask a sort of question. And there was something that you said there about us being, uh, living in a time where being trans or genderqueer or non-binary, etc., is radical. And there's part of me that says, wouldn't it be lovely if it was completely indifferent? Wouldn't it be lovely if it was just like, meh, that's just who you are. Okay, next. You know, that utopia of just like queerness and transness just being meh. And I don't mean meh. I just mean like that it didn't have such a, a vitriol behind it by certain members of society. And what feels like incredibly, I sort of mentioned this last night on Twitter, Politically in the UK and for what we are seeing over here, what's happening in in the States around drag story time and hopefully what you are all seeing across the world about what is happening in the UK around trans issues is there is a violence. It's a growing, emboldening swing back to the right, even when we've got this week at the time of recording somebody who is running for the next leader of Scotland, saying that if they were to vote on uh, same-sex couples, etc., trans and queer issues, they would vote with their consciousness as a Christian. (laughs) So places in which I thought we might have some safety feel like they're corroding quickly. And recently I've been thinking about what my existence can be within the UK. And I'm sure I'm not the only like queer or trans person in the UK that has thought, mm, what is the moment we leave? What's the moment that we say this is no longer safe enough? And moments when we see the murder of a teenage girl <sighs> Okay, yes, full caveat that yes, we haven't been told why Brianna was murdered, as if there needs to be a why. We haven't been told that information, but we know the climate in which Brianna has been murdered. Okay? I'm just putting that out there. We understand fully the climate in which that child has been murdered. At what point do we say, we have to go, we have to get the kids out, we have to leave, we have to find a different future. And last night, I suddenly, for the first time, really, like, truly understood the idea of queer separatism, which was so popular within the 70s and 80s, particularly in the UK, where queer communities and groups basically just bought, like, a property away from other people, disassociated themselves largely from wider communities, and set up their own ecosystems. Because trying to create change within this mass system that is swung so heavily to the right over the last 15 years feels insurmountable and it feels insurmountable within my lifetime and there comes a point where you as an adult queer adult leading into middle age think at what point do I just try to create my own utopia rather than dream new ones so fat Brittany thank you You don't have to shoot yourself (laughs) or have a mishap in the bedroom. We are here for these chats. And we're here for these chats in this way, I think. In this way where we can think and ruminate. Trying to hold the grief, I don't think, is something that we can do here without holding each other, seeing each other. There are other places that do that much better and can do that IRL. But thinking about our futures, yeah, 
What are you thinking? Are you dreaming of a new utopia? Are you thinking of running away? Or is there power in staying here and moving forward? Do you believe a better future might happen? You know what to do. Pick up the blower. Give us a call. Time for a breather, I think, and possibly another cup of tea. But before you press pause, coming up, snacking on chalk, preparing for family therapy, and the carer's back. Patreon friends, this week we've got even more Gorge content for you, including a call from Pauline, who's quite chatty this week. Uh, They want advice on how to let a friend down gently. Uh, We're also reflecting on how they realised that they were common, and they've got a gorgeous, I say, black country delicacy to recommend. Uh, Remember, for the price of a coffee a month, you can help us keep the lights on in here, patreon.com forward slash after the tone. Next week, very exciting, we've got the brilliant Joe Lysett on. I can't wait for you to have Mummy in the driving seat with me. So please do get on the phones and leave us a thought, a feel, or otherwise you know what to do by now. Open up the WhatsApp and send us a little voice note to this number, please. 0788-200-3420. And whilst we're at it doing the admin on the notice boards, Remember, hit that subscribe button, please, because it does really make the difference to us. Are you ready to go back into the fold? I think you are. Come on, let's do it. Get that cup of tea in your hand, please. Come on, we're having a nice time now. Don't spoil it for us. Hello, Dolly. Kara here. Ah, thanks for putting smiles on my faces. The live show sounded hilarious. And Madam JRF, Nana, indeed. And you, girl, you you were fabulous. Obviously, the whole queue... And just the joy there in the voice. Um, relentless care being a carer. And caring is, is becoming boring. <laughs> but it's a constant of not knowing who I am now, really. And asking questions like, Why are you not married? Where's your children? Where's your children? Everyone's dead, Mum, and I'm gay. All right? Thanks for reminding me I'm single. Constantly. And then what was the line? I already didn't get mad at me. I didn't like that you're gay, but as long as you're happy, who are you again? (laughs) Yeah, girl, it's fucking mental, the time-travelling ability of the mind. She's so in the room and at other times just so not. Life, wanting to live, is, is phenomenal. And I'm trying to not begrudge myself for, you know... And it's very normal to have these negative thoughts of just like, you know, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything I can do? And it's really fucking hard in my mind going, yeah, just just die, darling. Just pass away. It's all good. Everything is amazing. You've worked you so hard to give this, this business and me a fucking future, you know, an absolute future in life with property and shit. And trying to, you know, I mean, holding around telling everything is okay and you've done what you can. There is no other coming, where's you coming? There's no money, nobody's got no money. Bless them. It's what you said before is forget about the actual trauma of, of money trauma, the working class trauma of having nothing and then having something. Anyhow, girls, I mean, I think you've opened up a massive time warp tunnel now, haven't you? Just with the old drag names again. So, obviously, some of my favourites were always... So, Claire in the community. And one of my favourite of all was Annette Curtin. Big kiss to the crew. Well done, Dolly. 
thanks for putting smiles on my faces and um yeah stay you lot gorgie it's lovely to have you in the room and what honesty what truth it's a tough one isn't it from my limited experience of doing care work and for watching my mum, because, you know, my mum does it for a living as well, and I'm just like, the effort and the energy that that takes to disassociate your own feelings and your own thoughts and your own needs of what you want and you desire. But particularly, you know, like with my nan, always just feeling like you now have no inkling of what hard work you were. That's the annoying thing where I'm just like, you've lost the plot, so you don't know why I fucking hate you. (laughs) You don't know why you're fucking annoying. And I think people often find when they hear us talking about our loved ones in this way, think, oh my God, you know, the first thing is, oh my God, how shocking that you're like telling them it's okay to die, you know, because we live in this culture of like, keep people alive at all costs. And definitely through seeing people that I love slowly deteriorate and seeing like clients that my mum worked with and elders that I'd worked with when I first started in theatre just slowly decline. And something that I talk about with the NHS one is like the law of keeping people alive well past any version of life. You know, life might be there, but they are definitely not living. And it becomes a really tricky conversation because... If we do want to give people uh, the space to decide when life is not worth living anymore, it comes with masses of conversations around ethics and ableism, etc. But I don't know, there is something about when the when the brain is no longer present in that way. And of course, you know, my nan is like in her brain fully participating in the world. But with care in there four times a day and uh, becoming violent towards other people, I'm not saying that in my nun situation she should slowly fade away, but it's really fucking hard work. And it's hard work to try and kind of try and hold civility. It's hard work to try and hold compassion and... Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know how fucking people do it. I don't know how they do it. And particularly in England, how people do it as a career, getting paid what they do, which is shocking from the state and care providers, and still manage to, you know, impart care. There's something here about the labour of care. I don't know. I think about this a lot you know, when I go through my episodes and I have my crazies or, you know, like to the NHS one the other night, I was just going, you're right, is everything okay? You're right. And I must have asked him and I didn't realise, I must have asked him probably about 20 or 30 times and he was like, yeah, you keep on asking me if I'm all right and and I am okay. You know, it's only at that moment I realised, oh God, that might be intense. But, you know, what's happening for me internally is that I'm, I look like I have uh, internal voices and different monologues going on in my head to say that I've caused something. Absolutely nothing is wrong. So I sort of understand it from both sides. You know, on one side with the mentals, but on one side with a different version of how the brain has been and is being. So it's complicated, isn't it? But I do, I I guess what I want though, is I want us to be able to have these conversations where I'm like, it's fucking annoying. It's just getting on my fucking tits. I loved my granddad dearly. But after the sixth time of wiping his ass in one day, you do think for fuck's sake, do you need to have another shit? (laughs) 
you know, you start to become frustrated and it's really difficult to hold that patience, I think. If you want to dive in and have these conversations with us, you know, like, I want them to be really free. It doesn't mean that we dislike or don't love the people that we're caring for or have cared for or you know, what our relationship is being cared for. That's the other thing. God, I find that really frustrating sometimes where people just want to be there for me. And I'm like, just fucking leave me alone. You know, it can be really difficult to allow people to care for you as well. I'd love this to roll out as a conversation so you know what to do if you want to join in. Hi, Scotty and the crew. It's Gorgy Mum here. Just wanted to say thank you for ATT Live. Like, what, what a delight. And you were all lovely, particularly... JRF was that was so so funny but yeah thank you I just wanted to ring in about the uh, eyebrows from St Helens talking about the pickled onion vinegar I think maybe she has a deficiency maybe she should go and see a doctor but I mean I'm not a trained professional but the reason I say that is because I suffer with anemia and one of the um oh the neck what's it called symptoms of anemia is that you suffer from pica so you have a desire to eat things that are not food so for me it's chalk and like cement dust i have tried the chalk i've tried bits of chalk so i don't know whether maybe that's something that you know might be worth thinking about anyway uh love you all bye sorry cement specifically cement dust (laughs) Well, because they say, well, you know, I know when my mum was pregnant with my brother, she said that some women crave chalk. And actually, they gave it to her, didn't they? They gave chalk to my mum. I think they give it to you for heartburn or something like that. Or maybe... It sounds like my mum was pregnant during the Victorian times. I'm pretty sure they give chalk to pregnant people. Let me have a... Um, actually, I'm not going to Google that because I'll be here for ages. But I want to find out what is in vinegar. Vinegar. Nutrition. Vinegar nutrition facts. Here we go. It's got no protein, <laughs> no carbohydrates, no fibre, no sugars. What's the main nutrient in vinegar? Acid. <laughs> Um, gorgy mum, I think you're barking up the wrong tree here. I don't think it's a nutritious thing. I think it's just a th- people from St. Helens thing. And if you don't know where St. Helens is, then lucky you. <laughs> Wasn't ATT Live great because of JRF? Go fuck yourself. It's time for your favourite and mine. It's time for the DM slide. My first ever gay experience happened recently, and it was a threesome. And it happened in the same year I divorced my cheating wife. (laughs) So much to unpack there. (laughs) If you've got something that you probably shouldn't put your voice to, our DMs are open at After The Tone, P-O-D. Hi, Scotty and all you lovely lot. It is Stevie from Colchester. Just realised when I looked at my um, messages here that I haven't messaged you since New Year's. That was my family screeching, Happy New Year! In a, in a crazy way. And um, and singing Tina Turner pretty badly. But uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> I'm just calling because I'm after some advice, really. I've um, 
we're going to family therapy. Oh God. <laughs> Just because I've sort of decided that I'm I'm not up for refereeing anymore. It's family therapy, me and my daughter and uh, my daughter's father. And um, I just, I don't know what to expect. I'm nervous. I've done therapy just for myself, you know, about 10 years ago. Um, And I loved it. I just blurted everything out. And I'm I'm not sure what it's going to be like with two people around that, uh, one of them that I don't want to emotionally damage and... um, one that I haven't been entirely upfront with about lots of things. <sighs> I'm shitting it, to be honest, mate. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know how it's going to work. I'm thinking maybe that we should all have a session each first on our own with the therapist and then get together. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I'm asking you for advice. <laughs> I'm just, I didn't know where else to go. If anybody's done it before and can give me some insight on what to expect and uh, how it's going to be, that would be amazing. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye. Hi, honey. How are you? I hope you're good. Now, listen, I've got some advice for you. Stop trying to fucking drive. Okay, there you go. Lovely. And what I mean by that is I think we can have a tendency to feel it's our responsibility to lead that session, to provide care for everybody, to understand what the outcomes are going to be, how we're going to get through it, what do we eat beforehand, how will everyone approach it, what to say if somebody says something offensive to the therapist, etc, etc. That is not for you to hold, okay? You are a participant in this car and the therapist is driving. They know what they're going to do. Do you know what I mean? That's what you're paying them for as well, you know? And if you're not paying for them, well done. That's not to say that I don't think therapists need to be paid. It just means that I think it should actually be paid by the state. Anyway, that gets us into another conversation. Don't feel that you need to drive. You don't need to hold everything for everybody. If it goes tits up, it goes tits up. It's the reason why you're going to this thing, isn't it? And, you know, the potential for it to be difficult is always on the table. We know when we're opening up these feelings that it can do that for us. So, yeah, it took me a long time to realise I didn't have to drive. I didn't have to hold the keys and plan the journey. Because I'm a therapist for a very long time. I was like, you approach these sessions like you do a piece of work. There's always reconciliation by the end. I always try to make it vaguely engaging (laughs) but they never laugh at me (laughs) I was so annoyed so you know you've got to hand over that power it's not for you you are to be there to facilitate and participate and you can only do that I think fully when you know you're responding as yourself and not trying to respond on behalf of everybody and you know that's really difficult because you just said you know you're tired of being the referee and that that's why you're going to therapy. You want somebody else to be the referee. So that's how I would approach it. Other people might disagree with me. Other people might be like, that's fucking bollocks, Scotty. And you're more than welcome to call up and tell me I'm wrong. And then we can have an argument about it. Um, listen, Stevie, have a wonderful time. It'll be what it'll be. But let us know how it goes. Do you know what I mean? Because I think... I've never heard of, like, family therapy before. And I think if you could, like, shed any light on that in, like, a safe way, when that felt like a safe thing to do, it might inspire other people. Because loads of people have told me through, like, listening to this that they now speak to the nutty doctor as well. And, you know, I think we should be demystifying these things. You know, if we had a sore tooth, we'd go to the dentist, wouldn't we? If we needed to get glasses because we couldn't see as the way that we used to, then we'd go to the optician. So, optician, not the optrician. (laughs) think that might be somebody else never matter 
And I think when, you know, the brain is sore or the emotions are live or there's feelings in the belly, then we go to see the nutty doctor and the nutty doctor goes, oh, well, here we go. Have you thought about and how, do you know, it's all of that business, isn't it? So let's know how you get on if that feels like a safe thing to do. And uh, good luck on your journey. Remember, enjoy being the backseat driver, darling. And that's your lot for this week. Wow, some meaty conversations there, particularly around care, transphobia, queerphobia, the world that we find ourselves living in, therapy, family therapy, but also the good stuff like eating chalk and cement. (laughs) So if you want to offer any light or shade to the room, you know what to do. The number to voice note is in the description box. Remember, you can find us on the Instagram. It would be lovely to have you over there. We always have a lovely little giggle in the DMs or with the content that we're pushing out throughout the week. So it'd be lovely for you to come and join us. Um, I'll see you next time. Lovely, short and sweet one, but I thought a meaningful one today, actually. So yes, I'm going to go into my day and um, think a lot about what you lot have said to me. So thank you for that. Have a good one. Be kind to yourselves and also try to be kind to other people like i really want us to hold on to that provocation that the fat britney gave us what are we doing to create change in the world what are we doing to try and hold our trans friends and our trans siblings at this moment in time and what are we doing more broadly to try and make this very right-wing kind of aggressive world that we find ourselves in softer and kinder to those of us who deserve it all right look after yourselves i'll be back soon After the Tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.